This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? The Miami Hurricanes got some good news today, and we're going to jump into that here on Through the Smoke, a podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake here with Christopher Stock. Chris, Miami got good news on the recruiting front with the addition of Jakari Brown to the 2022 recruiting class. Four-star, dual-threat guy out of Valdosta Lounge, Georgia. Officially made it official today. Um, I think things were trending this way. I think you and I were both hinting at this on many, many podcasts uh, in recent weeks. And it is finally official today. What do you think about this commitment overall, Chris? Should, should Miami fans be excited? Yeah, definitely. I think it's great to obviously get the class going. You know, hopefully you're getting some momentum with the class moving forward. I understand why it's been slow and whatnot, but I know a lot of people want to see some commitments start to roll in. You're talking about stacking classes and based on what happened Last year, you really liked some of the things, some of the guys that, that got brought into the class. So you're hoping with with Brown that he's a guy that um, is going to be instrumental in helping other guys join the class with him. Also, you're hoping, you know, every time you bring a quarterback in, you're hoping that he's going to be the next starter. That's what every quarterback essentially you're looking to do mo- most of the time. Some of the times you're looking at like, okay, maybe he's just going to be in that backup role. But with, with Brown, you're definitely looking at him as him potentially being the next Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback whenever it's his time. So you're definitely excited about that. There's obviously a lot of positive that was, that we've already spoken about with him. Um, and I think the biggest thing with him is he's still getting better. And I think that's the most exciting thing. And I'm, I'm just, I'm definitely excited to see him play this season. Yeah. So let's dive into Jakari, the player. I agree. I think he is a guy that has the potential to be a starter at Miami whenever that time is. What is the timeline on that? That's to be determined, but he at least has that talent level. Uh, again, Jakari is a four-star prospect according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. He ranks as the fifth dual threat player in the country. Impressive physical specimen at six foot four, 205 pounds. Um, during his junior season at Valdosta, he threw for 1,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions, also ran for 1,100 yards and 16 touchdowns. So essentially, I think the the most fair way to look at it is uh, accounted for 2,600 yards and 30 touchdowns as a junior. Um, Let me get your take, Chris, on on him as a player. I'm sure you've watched all of his film. Um, What stands out to you about when you see him, you know, his highlight tape? What does he do well? Well, I like his arm ability, and I know a lot of people point to his accuracy, and it just feels like at the quarterback position that always gets picked apart. And sometimes if it's not per- perfect or, or not at this 
elite, elite level, you know, it gets picked apart a little bit, but I think the arm talent is there and I've touched on this. I just think he's getting better. I'm very curious to see those passing numbers in his senior year. I'm curious to see the improvements there. I think we've seen this in the past with other quarterbacks, other players with, you know, high expectations that guys that did well as juniors, you really see, sometimes you really see a huge jump in their senior year. So I think with his arm ability, ability to get the ball downfield. Obviously you like that dual threat ability. The thousand yards uh, should not be brushed aside. That's what he brings to the table, the dual threat ability. And I think what we've seen in college football, that, that being doesn't really matter what the offense you're running. You always like guys that, that can make plays with their legs as well. And, and I mm-hmm. think with Miami's offense, we've seen that with the Eric King, obviously different types of quarterbacks and their size and, and whatnot, what they look like. But, you know, the, the skill set is there to to run Rhett Lashley's offense. And, again, he's a guy that still, you know, they don't need him to step in as a starter in day one when he arrives on campus. And I think that's big, too. I think some of the times at Miami, there's been a lot of pressure on true freshman quarterbacks. And that's not what you want to do. And really, in Power 5 football, you really want the guys with a little bit more experience and seasoning development before they're actually thrown in to be starters. And I think that's what he's going to get when he gets up, gets to Miami. Yeah, so I saw Jakari play live, right? In the, I think it's called the Wanamaker, Winamaker Classic, which Wintersville. is Winnersville. Winnersville, yes. Winnersville Classic. So it is, that is Valdosta High School against Valdosta Lowndes High School, one of the biggest rivalries in the country. Um, I believe that game was also televised on ESPN. Truthfully, I went to go watch Jake Garcia, hoping he would be able to play in that game. He was not eligible to play in that game. He didn't play, but uh, luckily Jakari was playing for Valdosta in that game. He participated. And just my, my takeaways from that game, um, you know, you do see the elite playmaking ability. Um, early in the game, he made plays with his arm. He, he showed how he can take advantage of defenses stacking a box to stop his running ability. There was a nice pass he threw in that game for a touchdown, a, a, a deep post that was wide open because the safety had to come down in the box to defend the run threat. Um, he also showed the ability to make plays on the run outside the pocket. Uh, in my opinion, dropped a dime, a beautiful ball in the end zone um, that went for a touchdown as he was scrambling. So he did that in the first half. Then in the second half, um, the game got a little tight. And that's when he took over with his legs. He busted, I I think it was like a 45-yard touchdown run, and then followed that up with a 55-yard touchdown run to put the game away. Um, And and what I take away from all that is, you know, he's the type of guy that steps up in big games, in big moments, finds a way to make plays. And to me, that matters at the quarterback position. Um, So I was impressed by that that performance. Did, Did you catch any of that game on TV when, when it aired live? Yeah, I saw the game and, and kind of the same, you know, I, you know, that's, that's the week I was doing the, the video for the, for right. uh, the simulation. So I was definitely like invested in that game and, you know, just the stuff with Jake Garcia, certainly, but you know, and, and not just with, with Brown, there's, there's other guys that they have, um, you know, that are talented players and, and just the intrigue. So yeah, I was able to check it out and um, you know, th- those big plays, that's what you want, right? Like yeah. you want w- whatever it is, like what, if it's through the air or on the ground, you, you like guys that can make big plays. And 
um, find ways to get your team the victory. And I think that's good. And I think that's the thing about a dual threat um, quarterback where, look, he has the potential to break out with a big play at any moment. And I think yes. that's what you see with a quarterback position. You always have that threat every time you, you take a snap. And I think that's one thing that he brings to the table. So you touch on his strengths, which I, I agree with all, everything you said, right? Athleticism, the arm talent, arm strength, it's all there. Running ability, we've touched on it. One thing I, I do want to bring up too is he, he is that charismatic, magnetic leadership guy. And, and honestly, the way he carries himself and, and the way um, I've noticed other players gravitate to him, it reminds me a lot of, of Teddy Bridgewater back in the day. And you and I both were around Teddy plenty during his high school days um, at Northwestern High School. You know, for, for the majority of that time, he was Teddy was committed to Miami. And he uh, is a, was a guy at the high school level that um, players gravitated towards and, and wanted to play with. I think the work ethic from what I've noticed is similar, the desire to uh, improve at his craft. I think Teddy, Teddy also, Teddy and Jakari were, are both likable guys and, but they, they aren't afraid to hold teammates, hold players they are with accountable when that needs to happen too. So um, I think all that matters. Uh, I, I'm just curious what your take on that is, Chris, because I know you've, you've been around Teddy and, you know, the guy was extremely impressive. Honestly, too, I'm not going to say there was a lot of nitpicking of Teddy Bridgewater back in the day, like not as much as what's going on with Jakari, in my opinion. Uh, but there was people who doubted Teddy could be a quarterback at the college level and even NFL level, if you remember back in those high school days. I'm just curious what you think about that comp, just in terms of like leadership. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to compare because I haven't been around right. very, uh, nearly at all. Um, so I, I don't want to do that. Um, I, I know what you're saying, and I did definitely want to touch on the intangibles because based on everything that we're hearing in terms of work ethic, you know, everything with from his visit to UM, some of the things he displayed there, and, and you know, take your word. I'll take your word on how teammates react to him because I think. Look, we could talk about intangibles for a lot of different positions, but but I've said it a number of times. It doesn't matter nearly as much as it does at quarterback. You've got to have that because it, there's so much that goes into the quarterback position. And and the biggest thing also for him will be once he gets to campus is learning the playbook and understanding and having a full grasp because things are a lot different at the college level yeah. than in high school. But yeah, if he if he you know if if he compares it all to Teddy, I think it's obviously a great. A great thing you know Teddy was so uh there, there were so many positives to like about Teddy and I think one of the things kind of thinking about you know the quarterback wide receiver thing is because sometimes you'd see Teddy flip over to receiver at these seven on seven events and he would do really well he would catch right. touchdowns for 50 yards and you're like well why don't you just play him at receiver just because he, he could do really well at that and I think that he kind of added to that discussion of well maybe be, because he was talented but I always liked him at quarterback and I always thought he could, I thought he was exactly what, what he ended up being a program changer. So um, yeah, if there's any sort of comparisons which occurred to him, I, I think that's great. And, and we'll definitely keep that in mind moving forward.
Yeah. Again, just the leadership stuff reminds me of Teddy. I will say that, like, I, I think it's fair to touch on the weaknesses or, or maybe the areas that Jakari needs to improve on. And honestly, too, this, this kind of compares to Teddy as well. I remember uh, back in the day, people questioned Teddy's mechanics and footwork uh, not being necessarily the most clean at the high school level. I think that that's a fair criticism or, or area that Jakari needs to keep working on and tightening up. I don't know if that's necessarily different than most high school quarterbacks. Most, most quarterbacks at the high school level kind of need to improve in those areas, especially if guys have not been working with a private quarterback coach since they are, you know, 12 years old. And Jakari certainly is not one of those guys. Um, but, but I will say, I mean, look, if we're just being fair, right, the completion percentage for Jakari during his junior season I think it's about 46, 47%. Obviously that needs to come up during his senior season. Um, and, and I will say this, I saw him at a camp in June of 2020 and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, right? It, the, the performance, uh, you know, kind of left me scratching my head. He was one hopping a lot of balls to stationary targets, uh, spraying balls, and I mean, you, you could see the, the potential, the upside, but to me, my takeaway from that camp, that performance was that he was trying too hard to aim the ball and be perfect with his footwork and be perfect with his mechanics rather than just letting it rip. And so I will say, you know, I haven't necessarily seen him in person at a camp setting yet this off season, but the video clips that are surfacing, you know, the invite to the elite 11, Everything I'm seeing so far uh, socially on social media sh shows and tells me that he has made big improvements in, uh, you know, tightening up his accuracy. Um, you know, he, he's quite frankly com completing passes in seven on seven tournaments that I didn't think he would even be attempting uh, last June when I saw him. So I guess all this is to say, Yes, he does need to improve in these areas, but it is improving. And quite frankly, it's improving at a rapid trajectory. I'm impressed by the jump he has made since last June. And maybe that shouldn't be surprising when you're talking about a high school player, um, but that is happening. And I think last thing I want to say uh, before I pass it off to you, Chris, um, I think it's fair to point out I think Jakari lost some valuable development time in 2020 in that off season, right? The world shut down in March and, you know, that time from February to June, July is an important time for quarterbacks to develop, work on their skills, participate in seven on seven events. And Jakari wasn't able to do that. Um, so would we be feeling kind of the way we do about Jakari's throwing ability if he had the chance to go to these camps, seven on seven tournaments, or just work on his own at his craft with teammates and all that stuff. Um, you know, with, with COVID happening last year, I don't know, but, but I do think he is developing at a rapid pace now. And I am highly encouraged about that. Those are all positive signs. And I think that's one of the things that I kind of continue to mention is what is he going to look like, you know, six, right. seven, eight months from now, because 
once again, there's that development, there's a lot that can change. And I don't have a final assessment evaluation scouting report on him. I, I want to see him in person. I want to be around him more, all of those things. And I want to see how his senior year goes because you touched on the, the completion percent and what st stands out to me with that, you know, just kind of thinking about Jake Garcia real quick, just when he was at Grayson last year as a senior, he completed 57% of his passes and he's not even um, close to the dual threat ability. So my, my kind of point with that is sometimes, you know, completion percentages and things like that aren't necessarily as high as you would like at the high school level. Um, even, you know, once again, it's all about development and getting better at it. And like you said, you've already seen that in the past year. I would expect him to continue to improve on that. Now, if we're sitting here at the end, you know, in the end of yeah. December, interceptions are high, completion percent is low, you know, the, the passing yards are, you know, low, you know, low. I, I think we have a different opinion on his sure. development because he's got to develop now in this next, you know, nine months before he gets to Miami, if he's an early enrollee, because, you know, when you get to UM, then, then all of a sudden you've got to get it going. And so, um, although he doesn't have to be the starter at Miami, we've talked on that, but just, you know, his development process, you want him closer to, a, um, you know, you know, you just want to move him along further along than where he is right now. And I think, Based on what we know about him, what we've seen, again, what you've seen in the past year, it sounds like he will continue to make strides in that, and I think that's important. So the last thing I want to touch on with Jakari uh, before we, we move on to what this means for Miami recruiting, et cetera, et cetera, what, what Jakari's commitment means in the big picture is um, I, I think you know we're seeing every passing year right at, at the NFL level and at the college level. You can simplify modern-day quarterbacking to having to be efficient in two areas. Number one, the ability to make plays on schedule, right? So, you know, I think at the college level, that means being able to deliver throws, whether that's your first read or your second read. At the college level, I don't know if you got to get to that third or fourth read as much as you do in the NFL, but, you know, the ability to deliver on schedule throws and then also the, the ability to make plays, generate plays, whatever that may be. Uh, off schedule, right? So when things break down, can you scramble uh, and use that scrambling ability ability to either buy time as a passer or uh, take off as a runner, pick up plays that way? So, you know, the quarterback position continues to evolve into being more and more of an athletic position. And so I know for me, that excites me about Jakari and Miami. I think let's just say everything goes well, right? With Jakari's development, you know, continues to improve all that good stuff. Uh, if he does end up being Miami starter, defenses will, will be in a real pick your poison situation when it comes to defending a Jakari Brown led offense. Um, are you going to bring that safety down to try and stop the run, which will then create easy, easy throwing opportunities for Jakari, whether that's downfield or, or in the uh, intermediate passing game with one-on-one -on -one situations, or do you, do you try and take away those deep shots and um, play back and allow Jakari to run whenever he wants to? So, um, you know, that's, that's the style of offense Manny Diaz wants to build moving forward. And so in that sense, uh, Jakari is a perfect fit, in my opinion, in terms of what Manny Diaz's vision appears to be 
at Miami for the offense in the future. Yeah, it sounds like the Patrick Mahomes effect. It's the stuff that yeah. you can plan for, you know, the stuff that goes in the playbook, and then that's the creative stuff on the side that you can't plan for. I'm not comparing Brown right. to Mahomes by any means. It's just the nature of the position and kind of where things are at with the quarterback position with creativity, improvising, those kind of things coming into play. So I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, but in my opinion, Jakari is the most athletic quarterback Miami has signed since I've covered the team or since you've covered the team. Uh, he's six foot four, 205 pounds at the elite 11. I'm not sure if they released these numbers officially, but I know like he ran a four, six, five laser time 40, uh, which he honestly was not happy with. He wanted to be faster. I think he jumped 35 inches. Um, so the athletic profile is impressive. Now, athleticism can be quantified in many different ways, right, Chris? I think, you know, David Thompson was a quarterback at Miami, great baseball player. I think uh, Malik Rozier was a, was a good high school baseball player, right? Uh, Stephen Morris could throw a baseball in the 90s, supposedly. Peyton Matoka, who's on the team now, won a state championship in the high jump, I believe at six foot six, leaping six foot six. Um, just off the top of your head, how would you quantify Jakari's athleticism and, you know, and comparing it to quarterbacks Miami has signed, obviously Derek King, very athletic. He didn't sign with Miami, but quarterbacks Miami has signed since you've been covering the team. Yeah. Off the top of my head, it, it definitely becomes a short list because every time we were talking about Malik Rozier and the things he was doing on the ground, because that's where you're talking about athleticism. It, it wasn't these monster numbers, but it was better than anything Miami had had in the past. Uh, even just getting to 500 yards is really rare. We found that out with the Eric King too. So I would, athleticism, you know, Stephen Morris, what he was able to do with his arm talent. I, right. I liked his legs, those kind of things. Maybe someone like that. And, you know, as a baseball player, if you want to add in the athleticism, maybe a sleeper athletic guy was Kirby Freeman. I want yeah. to say he ran for almost, I want to say it was almost 1500 yards his senior year in high school. Yeah. I know he, I think he had a, I don't know if he had a 300 yard rushing game, but it was something ridiculous um, in high school. So you got to give him a little credit. And I know obviously that didn't uh, work out at UM, but those are kind of guys that stand out and obviously with Malik. So yeah, I think it's fair to say um, with that speed size athleticism combination that he has, um, he definitely rises to the, to the top. I, I remember, um, you know, another athletic guy, Taylor Cook, I think. Right. Um, right. When he came in with, you know, he was a athletic a guy. Moved, yeah. <laughs> uh, moved to tight end and then quarterback. Yeah. So athletically, he was tall, you know, just kind of trying to think of some sleeper guys that maybe you wouldn't think about. I'll say this about Jakari, too, right? Like the thing that's exciting about him from an athleticism standpoint is he's athletic and his frame. I think in college is going to be big. Like, I don't think he's going to have any issue getting to 225 at least. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 235 and still athletic. So to me, he's, he's a freak athlete. I'm here for it. I'm here to see it at Miami. You know, we've never seen it before really on this level. And so uh, we'll see how it looks. I think it's important to, to touch on too, how this commitment 
Miami's hoping that it, it generates some momentum. And, and you touched on this earlier in the podcast, but uh, Jakari is embracing that recruiter role as the quarterback commit in this class, which honestly isn't as common as I think fans think it is. A lot of times, I mean, I know in recent years, Miami quarterbacks aren't necessarily always extremely vocal on the recruiting trail in terms of trying to, to get guys to, to join them in the class um, on, on the unofficial visit on his own to South Florida. Jakari brought Isaiah bond with him, a receiver from up in the Georgia area. I know he's a guy. Jakari is really going to recruit to join him at Miami. Gabby Arutia, our colleague at inside the U has a good story up now about the other players. Jakari plans on targeting some big, big, big names. And, and I, I want to, I want to direct people to that article. I think all you recruiting fans will enjoy that one. But Chris, how big is it, just in your opinion, for a quarterback to want to play an active role on the recruiting trail? How much, how important is it? It's definitely ideal from a Miami coaching standpoint, staff standpoint. Coaches are, are limited in contact and, and all the things, seeing them in person. And, you know, quite frankly, over the years, we've heard you know, current players make a big difference in recruiting. Recruits make a big difference, you know, commits make a big difference in recruiting. You know, they kind of get the truth or what they like about it. And and when you mentioned, you know, it's not that common, it, it's really not. Uh, I think what you saw last year with Cleo Brantley and, and the other guys active with Jake Garcia's recruitment, that doesn't happen. I, in fr- in fair, you know, in honesty, honestly, you don't, you don't even see that all the time with guys on their own team. Yeah. Um, recruiting them. They basically say a lot of times we hear like, yeah, I'd like for him to come, you know, but it's his decision and we'll see what happens kind of thing. And maybe they joke about like, Hey, come, come to this school or whatever. And so, or, you know, but they kind of, the way the recruiting works, they kind of just let players do their own thing. And um, you know, years ago, DJ Dallas was a guy that was active in it. And, you know, you're, there's no better position that you'd want to for an active right. guy than a quarterback. And what I find interesting what will be interesting is receiver because that's the automatic go-to yep. who will he get at receiver to play with him? That's autumn. That's what you think about the connection. And I'm thinking about what's been going on at Miami recently, bringing in, you know, three this year, four the year before they have a lot of young guys and a really um, wide receiver, just a, a big group, a big unit. So I'm curious to see who he can fit into that class and how things will work there. And obviously we'll see how the current guys on the team all shake out, but it's just something to watch for. And obviously maybe there's a tight end that he's looking at or, or, or whatever. But um, I, I think that's the connection you automatically go to, but you know, football's not all about, all about the quarterback and receiver. They've got to get more defensive players and sure. really whoever, whatever talented player he can help with would, would be a big thing. And I remember it just kind of stands, sticks out to me. I remember, going back to head coach Al Golden, I was in his office and we had one-on-ones with him in the off season. And one of my questions was about the quarterback. We got to talking about the quarterback position. And one thing that he said, and it always stuck with me because it's true. Look, the quarterback you recruit has to be the face of the program. That's what you're trying to recruit. That's what you want your quarterback to be. Not just a good productive guy, but can he be the face of the program? Right. And I think when you, when you get a guy like Brown, you, you want them to be the face of the program. You want them to help with recruits. You want everything that goes along with it. And again, it's just so much different at the quarterback position. There's so much that goes into it. And uh, certainly it's a big thing. And, and hopefully 
you know, for his sake, for Miami's sake, he, he will be the next or uh, he will be a face of the program moving forward at some point in the future. So before we, we'll get out of here after this, but I think it's important to touch on just like pull back big picture, take a look at the quarterback acquisition uh, during the Manny Diaz era. You know, when, when Manny Diaz was hired as the head coach at Miami, he made it clear that he wanted to upgrade the quarterback talent, the quarterback leadership, um, the quarterback position in general was going to be a big key for him as the head coach, which, you know, at the time was, was important to hear because he is a guy with a defensive background, right? So I want to, I want to get your thoughts on just uh, the job Manny Diaz has done at the quarterback position. And I think we got to include the ability to add Derek King as a transfer too, right? So, you know, uh, Peyton Matoka maybe as that, that uh, transition class guy, Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, and now Jakari Brown. Um, I guess what grade would you give it? Are, are you impressed by the job they've done at quarterback? Yeah, I, I'm impressed. It's tough to really give one of those final grades without them getting on the field yet. But these are all three, you know, with Tyler, Jake, and, and Jacari, these are all guys that could potentially be starting quarterbacks. That, that's how you view them as prospects. You can like one over the other or whatever, but they all kind of project as potential starters. And I don't, that hasn't always been the case at Miami. You know, Gray Crow, Preston Dewey, nobody was looking at them and say, <laughs> oh, those two guys are going to be starters because if that was going to happen, that Miami was going to be in trouble. Whereas th this group of guys, and, and they're getting them in succession, which is a good sign. It's going to be very interesting. I always think if we were to name the top three most important decisions or things for a head coach, I always think the quarterback, handling the quarterback situation, picking the right quarterback as your starter, when to name them, even how to, if you have to pull them, dealing with a quarterback is one of the biggest things in college football for a head coach. And we will see how he, you know, elects the next quarterback. You know, is it just going to be Tyler because he's the next in line? Is it then right. will it go to Jake? Will it, you know, will he make a drastic decision for a younger guy at that position? And we'll see because all three guys are talented. You've got to, as a head coach, you have to have really good um, foresight into, you know, trying to predict in the future. I, I think about what we saw with, you know, the Florida State example with Jameis Winston, that wasn't an easy decision when they made him the starter um, years ago, you know, as, as a young player, and um, they made that decision. And, 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 you know, Manny might be faced with that again, you know, with these young guys and because you got to get the right quarterback, that, that's all it comes down to. And he's giving, he's giving his program and a chance by, by signing and uh, getting these commits that, that are talented, that have a chance to, to be very good players. The thing I like about what, what they're doing with these high school guys that they've landed the, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, and now Jakari. I feel like it's a nice mix uh, uh, of different skill sets. And yet they all bring something to the table that you could see, okay, they can each be a starter, right? Tyler Van Dyke, I think has a high floor. I think he's a guy that coaches can trust to go in and operate the offense, right? What is the ceiling with Tyler Van Dyke? We'll see. I'm, I'm not here to say it's high or low at this point, uh, just because I, I honestly don't know. Um, but, but I think the floor is high. He's a guy that's respected, a guy that can be counted on. Uh, Jake Garcia, I think, has a high ceiling as a passer. Um, he's a guy that's willing to make the deep throws, 
Uh, he can make them with accuracy. Um, I, I think the upside is, is high with Jake Garcia. And then Jakari to me is, is a huge wild card because you could make the argument. I'm not willing to go there yet. Maybe I will be comfortable going there if he takes it to another level during his senior season. But you could make the argument that Jakari has the highest upside of them all if the passing really goes to another level, right? So um, I feel like they have their kind of quote-unquote safe choice in Tyler Van Dyke. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not speaking down on Tyler when I say that. Then they have maybe the, the high-level potential guy as a passer with Jake Garcia. And then they're going with one of the most dynamic dual threats in the country in Jakari Brown. See how that goes, right? If it hits, it's going to be special. Um, and so I, I kind of like how it has turned out. I don't know if that's all by plan or design, but it has turned out that way. Let me ask you, I mean, this is unfair, Chris, but I think it's interesting. And I don't know what my answer would be if I'm being straight up honest. But if we're just talking pure upside of those three guys, upside. So we're not talking about floor, which does matter with all prospects, right? But we're talking best case scenario. Who would you rank number one of those three guys? I understand where you're going with Brown uh, with his athleticism because the other two do not have that level of ability with his feet. So if you're looking like a total, you know, if everything works out, because if he can improve as a passer, he can, the thing is he can improve as a passer more than the other two can improve as a runner. If that right. makes sense. Correct. However, I've said it before. I really am interested in Jake Garcia. Uh, the things I've, I've seen from him, I'm very interested to see how it develops. Um, so an upside, I think he's got the the most um, with that, even though he doesn't have that that ground game to work with. I, 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 you know, just because he does it doesn't mean he can't be a productive player. Is the way I feel, and I think yeah. if you look around college football, so I, I'm still most intrigued by him. And but what I will just kind of looking at these three guys in general, and something that hasn't really ha- happened. I'm trying to think. But, but guys don't always stick around at, at quarterback. Sometimes they transfer. So even though you've got three now, maybe it goes down to two quickly. And that's why you always want to keep bringing guys in because you yes. don't know all of a sudden you can get down to one really quickly. And you're like, wow, I just, we just had three young guys that we liked. You know, we've seen that around college football at Miami, you know, Nikosi Perry stuck around, you know, longer than most guys that fall into that role. Uh, that doesn't always happen. Right. Um, the Jaron Williams stuff, he did end up transferring, but, you know, just for different reasons, but anyways, you know, so just because you have three and that you like, that's why you've got to keep bringing guys in. So however it shakes out and and we'll certainly see, but I know what you're saying with the upside. And um, I I think what you said, all three of them have a chance to to be very good players. And um, you know, Tyler right now has got the edge uh, with the year of experience over the other two. And um, one of the reasons why we don't mention Peyton too much even though he's still here is just because it just seems like there's quite a bit of separation between him and Tyler right now. We just don't hear much about Peyton. Yeah. Um, and and there, he, there was separation on the depth chart as well last year. So, and um, even as recruits, but anyways, yeah, it, it'll be interesting and, and certainly uh, be interesting to see how it develops. I just real quick on, on Jake, I think it'll be interesting to see what he's able to do in the spring. Right. He gets, he gets here early. You really just on a development standpoint, you really hope that that injury doesn't slow him. Um, all spring long you'd like for him to be able to be full go at some point during these practices again it's not necessarily for this season um, 
but just for his development and, and feeling like he's, it's not a lost spring. And, and to be clear, I agree with you on the Jake Garcia upside take, right? I, I just think like if, if Jakari does improve this senior season, I think it's going to be interesting. Right. And I'm not going to count Jakari out in that regard. So um, I guess the point is, you know, these last two classes, Miami's adding some talented quarterbacks. That's always a good thing. That's what you want to see. So let's wrap this up. Uh, quarterback position appears to be in good shape for the future with the Miami Hurricanes. Getting Jakari Brown in the boat. Um, we'll see what type of momentum this generates for the Hurricanes on the recruiting trail here. And uh, check out InsideTheU.com for more coverage on Miami Hurricanes football, recruiting, and everything surrounding UM Athletics. Uh, it was a fun one, Chris, and appreciate everyone listening. All right, thanks. And people, just real quick, people should be excited about this commitment. A million percent, yes. Take care. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.